0: Hey, doctor who fans and welcome to the big blue box podcast this is not our normal episode number but it is another round table with our writing team so my name's gary as always and joining me is maria matt mark
1: harry yay
0: Yes, it's another week where Adam, my co-host, is absent. You know what Adam's like. Here one minute. Gone the next. You know what he's like, listeners by now. So I hope you're all well, keeping safe. and you've had a cracking week and that you've managed to do something, Doctor Who Related Related. Related.
2: Sorry, I missed that.
0: I I did good. Minus mark. All good, good, good. So, last week, due to Adam's absence, I thought, genius idea, we'll get the writers back on for another roundtable, which was awesome, so thank you guys uh, for that for last week. This week, we're going to do the same thing, slightly different band of, uh, of peeps though, so joining us back for next week, we have Maria, we have Matt, uh, but joining us fresh to bask in the glory of technical gremlins, we have Mark and Harry. So I believe that Harry, this is your first time on podcast.
3: It is, yes. It is indeed. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. <laughs> no, I'm actually very excited. Yeah. yeah. This is great. I've been listening to this podcast for years, so it's quite it's quite surreal really. But yeah, no, this should be good.
0: Nice one. Nice one. Right. So the agenda for this particular round table is so we put some uh, some some thoughts in our Discord. We were thinking what we're we gonna talk about and uh as always, these guys, uh, a lot cleverer than I am, uh, came up with uh, some cool ideas to, for stuff to talk about. And seeing as Russell T. Davis is in the, the news quite a lot at the moment, uh, obviously for Doctor Who, one of the subjects that was suggested was, uh, let's come up with uh, what we think is an underrated story, or underrated stories, from the Russell T. Davis era, and why we think they are underrated. It's a bit of an RTD chat, so we'll get into that in just a few minutes. But first of all, for the benefit of our listener who wasn't here um, last week um, to listen to uh, those guys talk about the big news um, about RTD coming back, or if you were here, sorry, to listen to that, uh, Harry and Mark, I just want to get your thoughts. Uh, I'm not sure if you've spoken about it on your own podcasts or in your blogs or whatever, but just uh, a couple of minutes to get your thoughts because it's a big old a big old whack of news. So, um, uh, Harry. Harry. What are your thoughts on um on, on Russell coming back?
3: Well, like a lot of people at first, I thought it was fake. I thought it was another Daily Mirror fiasco and it was something, just another rumour that was going to blow over. But then I quickly realised it was true and it was a classic pinch me, I must be dreaming sort of moment. Um and I honestly think it's the best thing that could happen to the show right now. I know I wrote an article about um singing my praises for the Chimel era, but I don't think it's my, my favourite era of the show and I'm just happy that Russell's coming back. He's someone who is still, you know, amazing at what he does. Uh and um I think he's he's the one to bring Doctor Who out of the uh out of the rough, I think. Mm-hmm. And as well, what's really special for me is that um, Russell's iteration of the show was kind of responsible for me being a Doctor Who fan. And um, so that was quite, you know, that was a big turning point in my life. It's impacted a lot of things that have happened in my life. So it's it's quite nice, really, that, that he's back. It's um, It doesn't feel real. It still hasn't sunk in. Uh, and um, I th- I think... I don't know whether he's going to go back to his old format. I don't know whether he's going to try anything different. It's kind of hard to tell at the minute. We've not really got anything to go on, but I think whatever he, he does uh, with the show, whatever he does with the 60th, um, I have a strong inclination that it's going to be really good. Um, so yeah, good times. Good times, Gary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> good, good, good. Good answer. Mark, what are you thinking? So
2: yeah, I, it's, it's a funny one. It's I think... Um, there's a thing, isn't there, when you're a Doctor Who fan, that something really ostensibly positive comes along, and then you're also a bit like, "Oh no!" So I remember I saw the news and I was like completely dumbstruck. Uh, I, you know, I I never thought he would ever come back to Doctor Who. Like it felt like him writing Rose was like a nice little kind of ending to his time with the show. Uh, that kind of target novelization. Um so then part of me was thinking is this speaking to that kind of feeling that the, that a lot of people have is that wouldn't it be better if doctor who was was like it used to be when david tennant was doctor who and is this kind of what they've done but then I've I've kind of gone no that's a cynical way to look at it i think he is the man to take the show forward in the sense that he is he's a showman russell t davis pr- promotes a new russell t davis show The cast don't generally do it. It's always Russell's on the one show, Russell's on Channel 4 News. He's sort of front and centre. And I wouldn't be surprised if he is, as a lot of people have hypothesised, if he is going to oversee some kind of Star uh, Trek-style, Marvel-style series of Doctor Who-related shows. Um, And that rather than kind of writing every single episode, he's actually going to oversee... Because I feel like he doesn't he's not coming back to just write another series of Doctor Who. He's coming back to do something a bit more in, interesting to him as a writer because let's face it, he doesn't want to do the same old stuff that he's done before. Um so I'm really excited actually. I'm really excited by the possibilities um that it kind of opens up. um but we've still got you know nine ten episodes of Doctor Who still to go um. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that as well. It's just, a, it's, just it's good to, it, the, the future of the show is in safe hands, I think, to paraphrase Richard in The five doctors.
0: Another good answer. So I think positive overall from you guys about yeah, his written. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is all good. Okie dokie, before we crack on with our underrated stories, uh, remember, listener, to follow this podcast for free, listen for free in whatever podcast app you prefer to listen to your podcasts on we're on all the on all the apps and networks and so on just to search for the big blue box or head over to the website bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk you can listen to all the episodes on there for free plus you can read all of the cool reviews and articles from this lot over there as well so go and check that out we're on the socials too instagram twitter and facebook so go and follow us on there and we have a free discord server so there's a link on the website come and sign up to that and hang out with other doctor who fans which is nice okie dokie so from the rtd era some underrated stories. Uh, who's going to go first? Maria, my love. Seeing as this was your idea. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: I know, I know. <laughs> um, okay, so when I, kind of, when I kind of thought about this idea, right, I, I kind of thought, are there really underrated stories in Darcy RTD Because obviously, you know, we're so, always oh, so, there's a lot of positivity around his era. So I kind of thought, you know, there must be some stories that are kind of underrated that, you know, maybe deserve a second chance. So I I kind of had a look and I honestly couldn't find anything in series one. So, I mean, all my choices are from the David Tennant era. Um, I couldn't find anything in series one. I think the series one is really, really good. So I couldn't actually pick a story that I thought was underrated, although possibly... Um you might say that End of the World might be probably the weakest one out of the that series. I mean, I like series one, so um so my stories are, as I say, from David Tennant. So um I did make a bit of a list. We don't have to go through all of them, but um the one I kind of gravitated to was um Love of Monsters. I think that's very much a kind of Marmite kind of episode um you know people either kind of love it or kind of hate it um but I really think it is actually a really well written story by Russell T Davies I mean he's, he's obviously written it himself um but it's you know it's I kind of I sat and watched it again um, recently and I just thought, I mean, yeah, there are some silly elements in it. I mean, obviously, we can't do anything about the monster because it was, you know, it was drawn by a seven-year-old <laughs> child. So there's not, there's not really a lot you can kind of say about that. But the actual, all the different elements around the story kind of come together. I mean... Um, you've got Mark Warren, who's you know a fantastic actor. and you know, I've, I've always liked the stuff that he's been in, and you know, he kind of carries so much of the episode. Um, and just and just the way that it kind of it kind of starts with, you know him kind of addressing us directly, kind of goes into flashbacks, then it kind of um you know, and then he's telling the story. i just I just think it's really well crafted um, as a story. Um, you know, there's lots of comic bits in it, but there's also a lot of um, quite sad bits in it as well. So for me, it's one of the ones that kind of I can watch probably over and over. And, you know, yeah, there are some bits in it, you know, that are maybe kind of a bit, you know, when you think about the gang of Linda and kind of, you know, is it poking fun at us as you know fans of the show a little bit but I I really enjoy it Um, you know there's something quite joyful about it that I really enjoy so um, yeah I mean and Russell does this really brilliant thing which he does through a lot of these stories where he kind of links it into other stories that have happened so you you kind of get a sense of this kind of how these people are kind of connected to the world that he's created so you've got Elton kind of being there when you know the dummies were the autumn dummies were kind of coming out to shop windows and you know and and he got and he you know he's he's obviously misses part of some of the other events you know that happen in London as well and you know and he, and it's all it's all connected really beautifully actually because you, know, you know the way he meets Jackie and um, you know and you know Peter Kay is actually quite good as. Um, you know, not not as a monster, but he's good as Victor Kennedy, <laughs> is all I'm going to say. But yeah, um, I mean, there's a lot more I could say about it, but I just really, really like it. And, I'm, and ELO, which is obviously a lot of the music that they use in it, um, you know, I, it's, there's a nostalgia about that because, um, you know, that was some of the music that was... Kind of around when I was growing up, I mean it was kind of you know it, it's kind of familiar music to me, so it it's kind of something that I really enjoy watching anyway that 's my pitch for it anyway <laughs> and i just I just think you know a lot of people don't really like it and you know sometimes you you read some quite negative comments about it, but I actually really enjoy it and i think it's I think it is one of the underrated ones so that was one of my first ones um there's a couple of others that I could go into but
0: you know maybe somebody else wants to kind of comment okay we'll we'll go one we'll go one each at the minute and see how much time we've got yeah
1: um
0: so okay love and monsters interesting i, I expected this one to come up uh, i i had it on my list to begin with and then i took it off then i put it back on again um because it's a it's a weird one to um because because it's a doctor light episode it's it's it, that carries with its own kind of um uh you know, it 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 changes the the whole vibe of the episode because it's a Doctor mm. Light one. So, um, it, the fact that it's it's such a mixed bag in terms of if you ask any Doctor Who fan what do you think about Love and Monsters, it's a marmite one, isn't it? You'll either get it's great or it's awful. There's never that kind of mm. I'll sort of take it or leave it. People have got strong opinions on it. So um I put it back on because, uh, and I agree with you, Maria. I think. um because Russell does this kind of stuff really well, it's he obviously writes the, the Doctor character and the main cast and uh, arguably a lot of the supporting characters so well. But he he also writes this kind of interconnected little bit as well. So this episode that just lands out of nowhere, the Doctor's hardly in it. But it does link into the other stuff that's going on. It's got that really cool, like, just a little snapshot of time of what was happening around that the, the story arc at, at that time. So... Um, so, yeah, I'm completely with you on that one. It It's it's underrated because people don't... A lot of people skip past it when they're doing the watch through on series... Is it series three or two? Two. Series two. Um, so people just skip past it when they're watching through like a bit of a marathon. They're like, oh, yeah, bloody... Uh, Love and Monsters. So, um I agree with you. It is underrated, but for different reasons than other stories that are underrated when there's, there's a doctor in it. So, uh, Mark, what do you reckon to love and monsters dude? I, th- I think you and I were going to talk about this at the BFI at one point. Um, but then we didn't. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. So what do you reckon?
2: I like it. I've got to say, and I think, um, I think Maria, you know, saying, is it poking fun at fans? Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. I think Russell T Davis is on records as saying, it's about those kind of days of of the sort of local fan groups, um, and there would always be one person that takes it too seriously and ruins it for everybody else, and that is Victor, and that is Victor Kennedy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I I think he's great. I mean, he, he, you know, Peter Kay plays a brilliant Ian Levine. What can I say? You know, um, he's he's terrific. He's terrific in it. So yeah, I've got a lot of time for other monsters. I've got to say. Um, yeah, that's that's. I'll agree with
0: you. I'll agree with everything
2: that's been said so far.
0: And a great Ian Levine, love it. Uh, Harry, what do you reckon to this one?
3: Yeah, I really don't think it's as bad as people say it is. I, I and I never have. Um, I think it was slightly jarring. I try to um, think back to a uh, what I was thinking when I was five years old. Watching this coming out for the first time, this series, and then this random week the doctor and rose aren't having an adventure and it focuses on this other random guy um but then it calls back to previous things and i think if anything i think it's i think it's exciting to have those episodes uh where um the status quo is sort of shattered and then we look at another angle of this universe um uh, it makes me think um i mean everybody I mean, I know this isn't RTD, this is Stephen Moffat, but in series nine, we had Sleep No More and we had Heaven Sent, which were two really experimental episodes. I know you don't like Sleep No More. I remember you panning that one in your podcast way back when. But um, yeah, uh, but, but, you know, it was different. And I think, yeah, it's not, I mean, it's not a very profound point, but I think I like Love and Monsters because it's, it sort of stands out. You know, it, it 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 does do something different, and it didn't work for some people. Clearly, for some people, it really did. I'm just kind of like, yeah, it's it's all right, but it's really not that bad, I don't think. Yeah, it is. Yeah, underrated. Yeah, too 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 much pan, too much pan okay. uh, across the board. I think.
0: <laughs> okay, so Harry's a fan. Not too bad, uh, Matthew. Do
4: you reckon? Yes. Uh, so I'm on the fence. Um, maybe more towards the liking it fence uh, side of the fence, but um, it didn't start that way. I remember when it first aired, I wasn't the biggest fan. I think it was probably because it was the first sort of Doctor Light episode we'd had in the new series, if if that's right, I believe. Um, and, you know, I was what, maybe 9, 10 at the time thinking, uh, if it's not got the Doctor in it, so oh, this is going to be boring. But watching it back, it's grown on me a lot. Um, and there's a really nice, there's a really nice storyline between Jackie and, um, uh, what's, I can't think of his name. What is his name? Uh, Mark?
1: Elton. Elton. It's Elton.
4: Elton. Yeah. I do apologise. Elton. Yeah. And uh, it's a, there's a lovely art between there. and, and any more screen time with Jackie is, is very welcome. She's, um, she's one of my favorite characters. Uh, if, if RTD can find a way to bring her back for whatever reason, I'll be pleased. Um, that and Clive, obviously, but uh, yeah, no love of monsters has grown on me a lot. Um, it's one of those, like, like um, I think Maria said, it's very Marnite. It's um, you either love it or you hate it. But for me, I'm going more towards the loving it side. Mm. From coming from a Hating It side before, okay. if that makes sense.
0: Mm. So you had splinters in your bum for a while. And now did. And now you've got one foot. Oh, okay,
4: okay, cool. I've managed to pluck most of them out now. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Good shout, Maria. I, like I said, I, I thought that one was going to pop up. So that's a good shout. It's, a, it, it, it's an obvious one because of the, the circumstances around the, the story and the obvious stuff, but... A uh, good shout to kick us off with. Okay, who wants to go next? Let's go to... Actually, stick with Matt. What's your pick then for uh, for your underrated one?
4: So, uh, I'm torn, really, between uh, two. So, I'm going to go with The Runaway Bride. Because I know that's a, not a lot of people's favourite Christmas special. Uh, for some reason, uh, a lot of people think maybe it's a little bit slow in the middle. Um, and a lot of people were unimpressed with Catherine Tate coming to join Doctor Who. Well, I'd like to see the state of their hats after they had to wet, uh, eat them. But um, I think now um, looking back on it, it's a—it's it, just a fun romp. Uh, it's, there's no overarching story that you have to pay, uh, play play um, close attention to it's it's just an hour of pure Christmassy fun with actual Christmas involved unlike other Christmas specials Um, and it it introduces Wilf which briefly um, is, is fantastic and it introduces Donna which as she as everyone pretty much everyone I would say agrees is fantastic as a companion um but i think the most part i just think yes it can maybe a little bit slow in the middle but i think mostly um it's just it's just a product of christmas special joy that doesn't try to be anything that it's not um and it's just yeah it's just a fun hour of storytelling
0: hmm. okay and it's an underrated one in your opinion and so
4: yeah, so I think some people have said that it just slows it slows down in the middle, and I'm not I'm not entirely on board with that.
0: Okay, so this is big. This is big, Spider Lady, right? This is the Ragnos, if I remember. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right, Joe, Right, Mark. Spider yes, and things. Yes. Hello. Yes. Hello.
2: I- I, this is one of my favourite Christmas specials, so oh. um, I, I wasn't aware it was underrated. <laughs> I stick this on at least um, every couple of years. Once a week. Um, I think it's, yeah, I think it's great. I think it's so much fun. Um, I think the chemistry between Catherine Tate and David Tennant is brilliant, and obviously they traded off that for years uh, afterwards, both in Doctor Who and other projects, um, because you know that friendship comes across, and I think that's always so great in Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, Sarah Parish is hammering it up as the Ragnos, but it's Christmas Day, who cares? Um, and I think, you know, yeah, maybe it does slow down a bit in the middle, but I think it kind of needs to, because I think it builds, it's building and building and building and building. There's a car chase you know, with the TARDIS, and then there's like an attack on the wedding with like, you know, exploding baubles and all that kind of thing. I think it needs to take a minute for it to remind the audience that the doctors only just lost Rose about five minutes ago. <laughs> and also that Donna's sort of bravado and sort of brash sort of front is covering sort of some more vulnerability and a kind of sense of loneliness and stuff like that. So I think it's, it's, it's a masterclass in, in sort of pacing and tone. Um, yeah, I really like it. Um, sorry. <laughs>
0: no, that's all good. It's all good. I mean, I kind of, uh, I'm in the same boat. I think I wouldn't have put this one down as uh mind you that the Christmas specials for who they've not a lot of them are that good. Are they? Let's be honest. And I think this is probably one of the better ones. um, i think it's more the matt smith era christmas specials that do it for me they're just they're just bloody awful but i think yeah this one's not um not too bad i would say mainly because of donna and dave um Catherine tate and david tennant together they're pretty sweet uh maria do you watch this once a week like mark
1: I have to be honest, I agree with Mark. I mean, it it is one of my favourite Christmas um, specials. It is probably one of the ones that I've put on the most. Probably, well, I don't really watch that many of the Christmas specials again, to be honest, not many of them. That's probably the one that I really enjoy watching, though. I think, um, yeah, there is a lot of chemistry between David Tennant and Catherine Tate, and they just kind of spark off each other. You know, I mean, there's... um, you know, there's some really brilliant stuff between them, um, you know, and I love that car chase along the motorway. I mean, that is just one of the things that I just, I really enjoy watching. You know, there's such a sense of triumph when he kind of rescues her from that, uh, mm. whatever it is, robotic Santa in the mm-hmm. cab. You know, I mean, I just love it. And I think there is something really joyful about it as well. You know, there are, there are some dark moments. Um, I'm not so keen on the big spidery Thing, but um, you know, and you know, Sarah Parish is okay. Um, but I think you know, David Tennant and Catherine Tate really kind of—they really carry the story. They've got great comic timing together, um, you know, and they really spark off each other. And I, I do watch it, I and I do enjoy it. I know, I know, Catherine Tate got a lot of stick about it because obviously she's quite rash in this one, and you know, and then she got softened down. You know, when she came back to the series, um, uh, for series four, you know, she was softened a little bit and she's a bit brash in this one. But, you know, you you grow to love Donna. I think she's she's somebody that you might not like initially, but she kind of grows on you. You know, she, there's something really vulnerable about her that, um, you know, I really enjoy. She kind of, I think she kind of, she represents a lot of people that, you know, perhaps are you know, unhappy with their lives, but you know, they don't really know what they want to do with them. And I, I really like that aspect about her. She's very down to earth as well. Um, you know, and she's got a crazy family as well, you know, um, she's got, her mom's a bit mad, but, you know. Um, but yeah, I know I really like, I really like the story. It's, it's one of the ones I do watch. Um, uh, probably, um, probably like Mark, probably every couple of years.
0: Okay. Yeah, cool. You make, you make a very good point about the character. Um, Uh, that's one of Russell's strengths I think is um uh even though the character is like the um not the star of the show so to speak but you know the, the the primary one of the primary cast members all the way down to the supporting cast members only have you know moments on screen um they are really relatable when they need to be so I think a lot of people identified with Donna who were in sort of jobs that they were unhappy with and life's just a bit stuck at that point and looking up at the stars, you know, wanting something a bit more. So I think a lot of people could really relate to to Donna's character at that point anyway. So yeah, good stuff. Uh, Harry then, what do you reckon, dude?
3: Well, scrap watching this once a week. I'd watch it once a day. I love it. It's great. (laughs) It's one of the better Christmas specials. uh, I would mark it as such. And um, yeah, I pretty much agree with most of the excellent points that have just been made. Um, I, I think uh, say what you will about the actor who plays the Raknoss, but I think that the animatronics and um, you know like sort of the practical realisation of that is, is incredible I can't really think of anything in re- in recent memory that was quite as good as that in terms of you know practical uh, effects or whatever I mean if anyone thinks of uh, something please shout up but um, yeah no I, I, th- I thought that was particularly impressive um, like when i'm thinking back on it mm. and also this one episode really made me want to ride a segway because there's that funny bit where they're <laughs> riding segways but to this day unfortunately i still haven't done that so i better get amongst it
0: yeah defo that's a cool so i forgot about the segways in fact i haven't seen this one in ages i don't think i i don't think i stuck it on last christmas but yeah uh, out of interest matt what was the other one that you had on your
4: list uh, the other one was uh, school reunion. Okay. Um, now it might not be as uncommon as as uh, mm. people not liking it as, as others, but um, yeah, I've seen quite a few few comments saying it's, it's one people, a lot of people skip. Hmm.
0: Interesting. Okay. So the Mad Fools. The Mad Fools. <laughs> <yeah>. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, because they're two really good.
4: <laughs> really good, yeah uh, in my opinion also yeah, yeah okay. it's a chris runaway bride is a staple every christmas yeah, yeah. and like like mark does every week yes of course
0: okay um who wants to go next uh let's go with go and harry what have you got for your underrated story
3: okay so um i actually found it really hard uh picking uh these because I actually think most of RTD's era is really quite good uh, and universally uh, loved and praised and all the rest of it. But um, one particular episode, which I think isn't necessarily underrated, but just one that people don't really talk about, is the Lazarus experiment in series three. Um, I I, I don't hear anybody say they love it or anyone say that they hate it. Um, And I was... I watched it again last time I rewatched it was uh last summer because I had a little bit of a David Tennant marathon you know as you do uh you know I was in the mood for some tenth doctor and um yeah, I mean the Lazarus creature doesn't look amazing, but I, I think as with any shoddy effect in Doctor Who you've got to admire sort of the intentionality the you know the idea like they, they tried to be ambitious with it um and um i really like that i wish that they were they were as ambitious today with doctor who and not just boring uh but yeah I, I, but we're, we're talking about rtd at the minute so i'll leave the chibnall stuff um <laughs> i i think um uh, there are some really interesting uh, thematic elements as well in this one like i, I get like a, a theme of death and impermanence because Obviously, that's the whole, uh, you know, thing that 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 Professor Lazarus is doing. Uh, and by, by the way, Mark Gatiss is is great in this episode. I like think he's a, I think he's just an underrated actor uh, in general. Really, I think he's I think he's fabulous. Um, he I saw him live in a play once, and he was ah, oh, he was absolutely incredible. Um, and yeah, he's very good in this. And um, yeah, and I think. The yeah, the motifs and the themes and stuff that they strike more of a chord with me now because I'm a bit older and a bit more sort of. Um, I mean, I'm older. not that aware of what's yeah. going on around me. <laughs> yeah, a bit but, older. Um, just a, just a little bit. Um, but yeah, uh, I think um, I think this one's a good one. I really enjoy it, and there's and there's some good uh, arc stuff as well. Uh, you know, it, like. Uh, There's a lot. All the episodes in series three, like, really fit nicely together as one kind of continuous story, and um, so you get the friction between the Doctor and uh, and Martha's family, and then there's that tease of uh, Saxon at the end. Um, It's it's a bit bit fuzzy in my memory, but yeah, no, I like this one, Uh, and not many people talk about it, which is which is interesting.
0: Okay, cool. So um, underrated because it's just not one that's on people's radar of conversation. Okay interesting yeah and this is one that i've i must admit um i i do uh i take this one or leave it i think um and i probably should uh i think i'm due just another rtd rewatch at some point because uh, for the last couple of years and i've just sort of picked the odd episode off the shelf that i'm in the mood for but really should watch through and um and watch all the ones that are you know that we've classed as underrated and stuff like that so yeah i i agree it's um i don't talk about this one at all with anybody um and i certainly don't reach for it on the shelf so yeah maybe i'll give it a watch at some point uh soon so okay maria uh what did you think to uh to the old lazarus uh crazy scientist thing uh
1: well i actually i i do enjoy watching it i mean you know, David Tennant looks fantastic in a dinner suit, I have to say. You know, it's worth watching just for that. I'm sorry, it is. Um,
0: Here we you go. Know, uh, <laughs> it's like this entire sorry, life I all over again.
1: I can't help it. You know, he just looks so dashing. He looks <laughs> he looks fantastic. Um, yeah, no, I actually really enjoy it. I, I think it is underrated. Um, you know, I think Mark Gattis actually puts in a really decent... Um, turn um, you know as Lazarus um, I think I, I probably would have liked to have known a bit more about him as a man you know obviously they don't cover that an awful lot in the in the story itself because it's obviously full of all the action pieces with him kind of transforming but um, I mean I think I think there's a moment where he's up on the roof with um, Tish and he's kind of um, he's kind of um, talking about um, looking out over the, I think he's talking about looking out over London, I think, or or there was a cathedral that he was, um, that got bombed in the war, and so you learn a little bit about him, um, you know, and I quite like that, I like it when we kind of learn something about, you know, the characters, um, you know, know, because he's quite a main character in this, um, but yeah, I, I think it's I think it's an interesting one because you obviously you've got Martha's family in this quite a lot as well, um, you know. So we've got her mom and her sister and her brother, and they're all you know coming along and everything. So there's that little bit of tension between between them all, um, you know. And obviously, you know, the doctor's trying to impress, you know, which he doesn't seem to do very well. Um, but um, yeah, no, I, I really enjoy it as a story. I, I think it's not one I put on that often. You have, I think, you have to be in the right. Um, kind of frame of mind to watch it but I I would definitely watch it I don't think it's a it's a bad story and you know sometimes you know people say that there are certain episodes that are fillers and things like that which I really hate the term um, you know but I don't I don't think this is a filler episode I think it's just a nice one that kind of slots into the series um, but yeah I really enjoy it I, I think it's a good one and you know there's a you know there's a nice um climax to it at the end as well so yeah i really enjoy it
0: mm. okay yeah martha's family and she's uh, they are in this one a lot um old moany francine she's a bit miserable isn't she oh martha's <laughs> mum she does whine a bit but no okay so you like this one cool mark
2: I'm not. A, I'm not. A, I'm not. It's it's fine. Um, I I love the way Mark Gator steps out of the machine and goes. I'm 76 years old. That's great. I love that bit. That's good. Um, I could take or leave the rest of it. Um, I think there is some good themes. I think you know the sort of holding back death and and the consequences of that are very interesting. I just. Uh, it's. I mean, and I'm not somebody who usually does this, but I get really hung up on the science of it. Like, I, I and I just can't get past. It. I can't get past how how he just turns into like a weird scorpion man thing. I just don't. I, I, it it doesn't make sense to me. It's like oh, it's a you know, it's a latent gene. That, you know that it's been passed on through human beings that what we've got all, all got scorpion dna that has now mutated because he's held back death i think if it had been something a bit more horrific and and more human and in shape mm-hmm. i think it could have it would have had a lot more weight but obviously they want to have a big monster so you know if they have a big monster uh so yeah i think i think it's let down by the lazarus monster for me um and it's just yeah it's a lot of just doctor who's 101, like running, running from laboratory to, to, you know, foyer to rooftop to cathedral. Um, it, yeah, it's just quite Doctor Who by numbers for me, I'm afraid.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. i read you. Yeah. And I agree to a, um, to an extent. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, a bit run of the mill. Uh, but I guess it's just one of those, um, uh, sort of creature of the week kind of things where it's like a little isolated story where, like you said, they need to have the monster, of some kind you know legging around It's if he came out of the thing and he was just as he was just with a deeper voice or something and you know i don't know pair of glasses that were different and spiky hair would have been like yeah you know, they would have been slated for not being very creative so you can see why they wanted to go with the whole monstery thing meant to be threatening and all that lot but i read you matthew yes the lazarus bit did you give us your thought on this one i can't remember
4: no, not yet. No, I um, shoot, sure. yeah, I enjoy this a lot. Uh, it's which is funny because, it, like, like others have said, it, it's not one I go back to all the time. Um, I, th- I can't remember the last time I watched this one, but I, yeah, I do enjoy, uh, there's some lovely bits in it. Um, so we've got the scene where the TARDIS materializes in Martha's living room, knocking all of her things flying. I think that's really cool. Um, there's the very satisfying moment where Francine slaps the doctor and puts him deservedly kind of in his place for being kind of nonchalant and, and very, I'm the doctor, I can do anything for a second. Um, But then, you know, for the rest of the episode, she does just kind of whine. Um, And also I think seeing this as a child, it it did, it, it had this horror kind of vibe to it. Maybe not so much as others, but yeah, seeing it for the first time, and especially in the church uh, or the cathedral, I should say, um, with the uh, with the it's not a piano, but the the um, the organ, the organ playing. Um, it, yeah, it, it 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 kind of works really well in the church uh, for the kind of spooky vibe to it. Um, and uh, yeah, Mark Mark Gattis does a, a brilliant performance. Um, he's probably one of those support the the characters that y- you've kind of seen most in Doctor Who, that he kind of pops up all the time. Uh, I can't remember how many times he's been in it. I think is it three or four. Yeah, it's got a couple all completely there, different. Yeah, yeah, completely different characters. But every single time, I think he 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 gives a fantastic performance.
0: Hmm. Okay. So yeah, no,
4: I, I I like this one a lot.
0: So you're a fan. Okay, cool. Nice one. Good choice, Harry. Mr. Mark. Cheers. Over to you, dude. uh, See us out.
2: Sure. So if you'll indulge me for a second, I'm just going to run through what I'm not going to say. Uh, So Gridlock, because we've already kind of covered David Tennant and Martha Jones and all that kind of thing with the Lazarus experiment. Smith and Jones, for the same reason. And Partners in Crime was going to be my other one, because, uh, but we've covered Donna and the daughters. So I thought, well, I'll go for something else that we've not really talked about. And that's the Christopher Eccleston era. Uh, so I'm going to go with the long game um, because I've always quite liked this, and I know it was. I think it was the one. I know Maria said at the, the top of the show that uh, "End of the World." I'm, I'm, I think I think a lot of people love "End of the World" for that big reveal at the end of the, the story, and the, it's got the of Balhun in it. It's great, but I think the long game. I remember at the time when it went out because I'm older. Uh, some of, some of the, the gentlemen here today, um, I remember that going out, um, and I was, oh God, I would have been about 19. And I remember, so I was in that kind of fan circle that was going out. And that was definitely the one that I think didn't land. Like, so it was the aliens of London, world war three, people went nuts over the farting aliens and thought it was all very silly and, and didn't really like it. But the long game people were like, yeah, it's fine. It felt like it was the first episode of New Doctor Who that was just kind of fine, throw away Doctor Who. But what I like about it is I think it's kind of ahead of its time. It talks about a news network that is distracting everybody from, you know, the the terrible things that are kind of going on um, with, you know, fearful news stories and be scared of this and be scared of that. But don't question this terrifying monster in the ceiling and, and all that kind of thing. And also it does, it does a thing that, you know, Doctor Who's tried once and, and failed miserably at, which is what, what is it like when somebody joins the Doctor and travels with the Doctor, but they're in it for their own ends? Um, and it, it, I'm sure it doesn't necessarily, um, it's a bit silly that kind of, you know, the little opening, opening in the forehead that he gets as a result of his quest to kind of download all the knowledge of the universe from the future. Um but I really like it. It's a lot of fun. Simon Pegg's quite good in it, and quite on Simon Pegg. Um, mm. I feel nowadays, you know, it's it's oh, it's Simon Pegg again. But this, he's a slightly more chilling, um, slightly kind of snarky villain. Um, I quite like. I love the Jagrafes. Um, it's what my girlfriend referred to. She goes, oh, "I remember watching one as a kid, and it had a meat ceiling with teeth." <laughs> That's a great <laughs> description of a Doctor Who monster. You know, a That's meat cool. ceiling with yeah. teeth. It's it's proper Doctor Who. It's proper... You know, and it, this is one of the ones that Russell wrote um, first. You know, he wrote this for, I think, Colin Baker or Peter Davison or something and pitched it to the BBC. Um, and it and it never went anywhere. So, yeah, I think it's only got better with time, apart from the whole Bruno Langley thing, but I think it's probably best we don't dwell on that. But um, but other than that, yeah, I think it's I think it's really good, and I think it's worth revisiting, really, because um, Eccleston's fantastic in it. Mm. He's really hit his stride by that point, and um, yeah, it, it, yeah, I've I've always been a big fan.
0: Yeah, okay, that's good shout. Yeah, so I think Eccleston had not had a ruck with with Russell on that particular block of shooting. <laughs> it seems to have been a he was on fire. Yeah, at that by that point he was absolutely rocking and rolling it. So he's great in it. Yeah. And I agree with Simon Pegg as well. It has become that thing now, hasn't it, where regardless of what film he's in or TV series, he's just playing Simon Pegg, but just, you know, with a slightly different motive for whatever the character's doing. So it is good to see him play a completely different character and a bit chilling as well. He has got that cold, uh, both visually and figuratively, you know, that cold, icy kind of um, uh, feeling to him. So that's a good shout, dude. And it's one that's... Um, uh, I'm glad you've gone back to the Eccleston era as well, because um, I had three on my list. I took Love and Monsters on and off a couple of times. Uh, and I had this one on there, the long game, and I'll tell you my other one in a second. But uh, yeah, I had this one on there as well, for that very reason, where um, uh, Chris is just great in it. It's a it's a very it's one of those cool little ingredients where all they they all come together nicely to make just a real just a real cool episode of Doctor Who it doesn't have to be too serious it doesn't have to be too you know doesn't crumble under the weight of its own series that it's involved in it's just a real cool a real cool thing so yeah good shout um right so Harry do you like this one yes or no and whatever your answer is is it underrated, as Mark
3: thinks? I've got to be honest with you. I don't actually remember a thing about this one. <laughs> I, I, I can't remember it. I, I don't even Jesus know what it's about. I'm trying to. I'm trying to cast my mind back. And you mean you don't understand yes, what it's know, about from Meat sealing? <laughs> no, I, I know the episode. Uh, like yeah, Simon Pegg, uh, obviously uh, Bruno Langley's character comes over from Dalek, and uh, there's that whole thing with the brain and like. Yeah, I mean the Jaggerfest is iconic, but I, I could not tell you wh- where the Jaggerfest comes from, what what it's doing there. Like, that's really bizarre. I, I I can I can remember all the other episodes in that series really well, but for some reason, the Long Game it, it it it's elusive to me. I don't know why. Um, so I guess maybe that's a sign that I don't like it as much because I don't remember it. Um, but I'd be fascinated to go back and watch it now because um and f- figure out what what all these snippets that I remember how they all come together um but yeah uh, I guess so I guess at this moment for me it's a slightly forgettable one
0: <laughs> mm. okay Ike Maria
1: you like this one uh yeah I do actually um I I think it's really interesting that you you've got some you've got kind of Adam um, who, really isn't the ideal companion you know and he does all the kind of rookie mistakes that anyone would probably do if they were kind of overawed by the experience of kind of traveling with the doctor you know he's kind of he but he he's not seeing it with a sense of wonder like maybe roses he's kind of like you said he's out there for maybe himself um kind of seeing what he can what he can what he can get out of it. And I, I find that quite interesting. I like the contrast between him and Rose and kind of, you know, obviously he ends up with a great big spike in his head. Um, and, you know, it does it does make you wonder how he would have got out of that eventually, you know, when he ended up back in the twenty first century. But um yeah, that's that's probably another story. But you wanna
2: know the answer to that, Maria. Yeah, the, go on. So for the fiftieth anniversary, I mean, spoiler alert! But for the fiftieth anniversary, Titan—I think it was—it was either Titan or IDW, whoever had the license at the time—did um, a fiftieth anniversary comic strip in which each month um, it was a past Doctor, and it would end with one of their companions being kidnapped by this mysterious hooded figure, um, and it was revealed that the mysterious hooded figure was an older Adam who was taking revenge on the Doctor. No way! Wow!
3: That is hilarious.
1: <laughs> adam okay that is, that is that is a brilliant fact actually that's brilliant
0: uh adam maybe he, I, I, it sounds quite harsh but there are certain characters that do put people off certain episodes and i think yeah bless him i think people just didn't really take to adam i think maybe he had you know visions of running off with a doctor um you know and, and being another companion i'm talking about um uh bruno langley of course not not the character so yeah it's weird yeah. that um certain characters put people off whole episodes bruno anyway but, yeah
1: um but yeah um i and what i also like about this episode it's kind of you you don't kind of realize how it kind of sets up events for what happens in the finale at the end of the series, because you know, obviously, the doctor has to the doctor has to kind of sort out the mess that he's left behind, um, which he doesn't realise he's done at the end of this episode. So, um, you know, that's actually quite interesting, and and the idea of kind of having all this information kind of. Uh, fed directly into your brain, so you're kind of like a processor. Is actually quite horrifying. So I, yeah, I, I do enjoy it. It's not one that I I would put on probably that often. Um, I would probably, if I was doing a rewatch of Christopher Eccleston, I, I probably would put it on. It, it's one that I've probably watched maybe three or four times, but it's not one you gravitate to automatically. But um, yeah, I think it's a decent episode. Definitely. Mm. Cool, cool, Matt. What do you reckon?
4: Yeah, so uh, much like Harry, I find this one really forgetful. Mm. Um, I do like it, but I do I, I forget I for, I've forgotten a lot about this one. Um, but I I think, like you were saying, a lot of it is to do with the fact that I'd never clicked with Adam. Um, I just think that maybe they could have introduced Captain Jack a bit sooner. Um, it kind of felt like. They just wanted to test the waters a little bit with a three-person a three TARDIS uh, crew. But, um, yeah, Adam was not the right pick, uh, in my opinion. But then again, uh, he only appeared in two. Dalek, he didn't feature that much in, so um, that one I can re-watch all the time. But then with the long game, uh, you kind of feel a bit sorry for him in a way because... The doctor does kind of just abandon him as soon as they get there, and he's left to his own devices. Um, so, first time on an alien planet, he's got all of these different things. Is I can't I can't blame him a hundred percent for being kind of forced into getting this special upgrade um, that he gets and ruins his life forever. But at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, he's not the character that I would want sticking around. And, um, yeah, I'm glad he doesn't. But there's a lot going on in this story. Um, So it kind of, I don't know if it, it, which it kind of doesn't make any sense because it's quite forgetful at the same time. But, um, no, I, I do like it, but I don't remember a lot of it.
0: So you're on the same boat as Harry, really? Yeah, bit of a okay. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so yeah, this is a another one that, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, uh, with the Lazarus experiment, it's another one that I don't really reach for um, too too often. But I do think it's a really good story. I do think it's a uh, it's a good one. So yeah. As I mentioned, I think an RTD era rewatch is in order because there's probably quite a few episodes that you could go through and think, "Ah, oh, cool, remember that bit? That was awesome. And ah, oh, that was crap and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I think another one's in order. I might do that. Mm, I might do that in a couple of weeks time. Or no, I might wait until series 13's been and gone and have some Doctor Who to watch after that because I think that might be dropping in the next couple of weeks. So yeah.
3: I mean, we're going to have a very sparse year in 2022 uh, with only three new episodes. So uh, maybe that would be a good time to go back and watch the old ones.
0: Exactly. Yes. Okay. so I think... uh, Right, so you guys... I'm I'm not going to talk about... I'm not going to do a round on my my choice. But just to let you guys know that what I settled on was the Unicorn and the Wasp from Series 4. Just because... It's in the same kind of ilk as Love and Monsters to me. Uh, it's got that kind of comedic, uh, jovial, little bit slapsticky um, kind of feel to it. But it's a got it's a really it's a really sharp script and it's really funny where it needs to be. And it's got a couple of emotional little scenes in there. And um, yeah, I just think it's a really entertaining watch. And I think people steer clear of it for the kind of superficial um funny stuff uh but i think there's a little bit more depth to it um and i i, I kind of discovered that on a, a rewatch after two or three times um so yeah i think that is a, a an underrated one for sure um but uh I, I think the reason why i've seen it quite a few times is because my wife really likes that one so she's like hey, well, let's watch that one i'm like oh, okay so i think after being you know made to watch it more than a couple of times uh i did get to see the um uh the the depth of the characters and what what was going on underneath there with some of the characters so uh, just a very quick thumbs up uh just round the table harry yes or no on unicorn and the wasp
3: absolutely yes love it couldn't agree more
0: maria uh
1: yeah absolutely i i love this this is such an easy watch for me um yeah definitely
0: marky
2: um, because it'll annoy young people on Twitter. Yes, I love this. This is great. And Gareth Roberts is a great writer with some questionable opinions.
0: <laughs> Matt, not to upset people on Twitter, yes or no?
4: Yes, definitely. Uh the chemistry <laughs> between David and, and Catherine is is fantastic in this one. Uh I put this one on often.
0: Of course you do. Right. Cool. Well, I'm going I think we should wrap there. Um for I was going to... I was in force of habit there. I was going to say we should wrap there for 200 and whatever. 300, whatever it's going to be. But it's not. We're going to wrap there for round table number four. thank you thank you so much for coming back to another week and listening to the big blue box podcast slightly different one this one the old round table getting the writers in getting their opinions on stuff we don't steer clear with the big issues on this podcast so stuff to talk about opinions to be had memories to be made <laughs> Twitter followers to be shattered that's uh, an opinion so uh, yeah thank you very much guys for um, taking time out of your evening to sit and waffle about Doctor Who i know there are worse things to do but i know you're busy as well so thank you very much for uh, for taking the time uh, just to recap then so maria she went with love and monsters matt he went with the runaway bride harry yours was the lazarus experiment mark the long game and i settled on the unicorn and the wasp so some rather interesting uh, stories there um before we wrap up just for a quick reminder to follow our podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to your podcast on uh you can do that via apple podcast spotify all that stuff just do a search for us if you can't find us immediately or just over to the website bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk you can link off to all that stuff and uh, if you've got a minute to leave a rating or a review that would be awesome because it helps us out loads and loads we are on the shows, socials too links on the website and we've got a free discord server so go and sign up to that and chat other lots of uh doctor who stuff with other doctor who fans it's all good uh, so, Mark, I know you're a busy chap outside of the Big Blue Box. So, where can people find your stuff outside of us?
2: Um, you can find me on Twitter at Old Man Crondas. Um, I programme the Margate Film Festival. If you're in and around southeast of Kent, that's happening at the end of October. And I also host uh, the Boozy Doctor Who podcast on the Time Lash as well. So, there's some stuff.
0: Awesome, awesome stuff. Looking forward to that. dude. the end of October be good, um, Harry? You write your own blog as well, don't you? do you still write that do you still do so? yes
3: I have my yeah I have my own website uh, uh you can find out about all of my acting and creative work on there if you so wish and there's links to my social media there as well
0: super super duper and Matt and Maria your stuff is available on our website of course uk. so go and check that out so guys it's been awesome as always uh, we will catch you on the next round table but until then you're going to do it I know you're going to do it remember Aaaaaaaaaaaaaa